1: Oh, there you are. Welcome to the Sports Show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. This is our all sports show here at Impact Media. It's been a crazy it's been crazy year already. But I promise you guys, I'm going to do my absolute best each and every week to bring you all three shows. Here's show number 2. There are lots to get to, lots of good, lots of bad, lots of in between. But hopefully, you all are doing good. Because, like I say, this this show is nothing without um, uh, without my great listeners. Because if not, I I might as well be doing this in a phone booth. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it's uh, it's it's hard to show you guys, and 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 hopefully it comes across through the through the show here, how much I do appreciate each and every one of you guys. It's always good to be appreciated. You know, we, we learn, we learn various times through the weeks, through the months, through the years, uh, some lifetimes, uh, even through the, the minutes or, or, through the hours, through the days, uh, you learn the various levels of appreciation. Um, whether, whether, uh, maybe it's, uh, a sibling, a brother or sister, that uh, appreciates you uh, maybe helping them out. Or maybe they just appreciate that you were nice to them. Hopefully you're nice to your brothers and sisters. If not, you should be. Uh, maybe it's a, an appreciation at your job. That they appreciate the effort you're putting in. And, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, it, it could just be uh, an appreciation by a political leader that you voted for him, or that you at least educated yourself enough to, to vote. Uh, it could be, uh, it could be a, here we go. Here's a, <laughs> an appreciation by a, a firefighter that you didn't start the fire. You helped try to put it out. All kinds of levels of appreciation in life. And uh, like I said, we're reminded each and every day of, of the different levels, whether uh, of how much, appreciation there is out there. So I'm just going to start with, it. it's been a rough year. In fact, in the last week, it's been really rough if you're a sports or media fan. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to start with it off the bat. Uh, you know, earlier this year, uh, we lost the great Tommy Lasorda, Dodger legend. Uh, you can't think of the the Dodgers without thinking of Tommy Lasorda. He he was the face of the franchise for just decades. Still is, in my opinion. Like I said anybody who says anything about the Dodgers, they could be, oh man, did you see uh do you see who the Dodgers got? Oh man, I bet Tommy's the first thing that crossed my mind, I bet Tommy Lasorda loves it. But we lost a great man in Tommy Lasorda. Baseball legend. And, and you know why. Of course, we know as as life progresses, uh, things happen. It still sucks, but things happen. And, uh, you know, thoughts, prayers, and condolences to all the people I'm about to talk about and their families and their friends. But we lost a super great man in Tommy Lasorda. Now let's get into this week. Um, Just this morning, we lost media mogul and icon Larry King. And if if you're in the media, a fan of media, or just a fan of of life in general, you know who Larry King is. His interviews are legendary. The things that he has done in the media, for the media, (laughs) while being in the media, are just too numerous to name. But they are such iconic things that a lot of people don't realize. But once again, we lost another great man in Larry King. And then yesterday, uh, while I was at my day gig in, in a meeting, actually, um, the person leading the meeting had to answer a phone call and my phone got a text alert. Uh, it was a real good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to to, uh, to Justin uh, over there in North Alabama. Good friend of the show as well. But uh, he said that uh, Hammerin' Hank Aaron passed away. Hammerin' Hank. When you grow up here outside the Atlanta area, Hammerin' Hank was not just a player who played for the Braves. He was not just a guy who had home runs. He was not just the guy who broke Babe Ruth's home run record been on your school of thought. He may still be the home run king. That's a whole different discussion. But Hammer and Hank, he uh, he had the uh, well, the Mercedes dealerships, BMW um, out in Atlanta, all the goodwill things he did for the city of Atlanta and raising awareness and uh, uh, fighting for the the rights of, of African Americans and, and minorities in general. Because you got to think at the time he broke that home run record. It was not the world's best time to be uh, to to be a minority in baseball. It's uh, there were there were death threats. Um, they had to up security a little bit. Uh, it was uh, it had to had be a just scary, terrifying time. But uh, but Hank Aaron powered through all that. You you got to be a, a super tough individual. I'm not talking like you know. Super tough, like you can pick up, pick up a truck, you know. Super tough mentally and psychologically. And uh, whether you liked Hank Aaron or not, Hammer and Hank is an icon of Atlanta sports, and so uh, much respect to him. And uh, you know the a lot of people have have wondered if the uh, Atlanta Braves would rebrand and potentially drop Braves from the name. And then a lot of people now have, have said, uh, why not the Hammers? That could work. The Atlanta Hammers. Okay. Because you could um actually turn the, you could actually turn the Tomahawk in your logo into a hammer. Wouldn't take a whole lot more to do. And, uh, I think calling you, you know, I, I was—I'll be honest—I was kind of opposed to it when I first heard it, but the more I talk about it, I think I like it because part of the same reason I become a West Ham United fan. Otherwise, I mean, they're—they're call—I call them the Hammers over there as well. That's one nickname for them, the EPL team. Part of the reason I chose them is kind of symbolic in potentially being the Atlanta Hammers baseball team. I partially chose that team because uh, hammers have played a huge part in, in my family history. And uh, to me, they signify hard work. The The people that get up each and every day and, and go through the grind to, to make this world a little bit better place than it was five minutes ago that it was yesterday. Than it was last week. Uh, I think it's, Maybe calling yourself the Atlanta Hammers speaks to the testament of those people who do grind grind it out and help build Atlanta and continue to help build Atlanta. So, in a way, calling yourself the Hammers is kind of like banding Braves fans in general together. Just shout out to the people that are out there working hard every day. I'm for it. I'm for it. There's my vote right there. I'm for it. Atlanta
0: Hammers. Do it now. But uh, and then
1: obviously, if if you're a Braves fan, it, it was a terrible week because not only did you lose Hammer and Hank, but you you lost the great Don Sutton. And I guess that brings it all full circle now that I think about it, because Don Sutton did a lot of amazing media-related things. Like Larry King. He was uh, a media legend here in Atlanta and did so much for the Braves franchise like Hammer and Hank Aaron. And then to tie him back into Tommy Lasorda, Don Sutton, it's uh, he still holds a lot of the all-time Dodger pitching records. He was a fantastic pitcher. That's what a lot of people, including myself, didn't find out until later on. Uh, because, I mean, I grew up in the golden age of Braves' announcers here. It was, uh, it was Skip, Skip Carey, it was Don Sutton, it was, gosh, I just blanked on over a bunch of them. Uh, Pete Van Waren, it just, we had six, eight, ten of the most classic announcers here. And Don Sutton was one of them. Whether you like Don or not, he wasn't afraid to tell you what you needed to hear. And so, the trifecta plus one, shout out, and like I said, thoughts, prayers, and condolences to all friends, family, just everybody that these people ever touched. To the Sutton family, to the Aaron family, to the Little Sorda family, and to the King family. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Now, Let's talk. Some let's uh, let's do some news and notes. We're gonna finish with the NHL, the NFL, so that I can throw my predictions on the end and not forget to do them. I Tend to do that, remember? Uh, some uh some news and notes. Last week's uh, sunny open with a score of uh, of uh, twenty one under par. Kevin Na picks up the big victory here in twenty twenty one. Congratulations to him. Kevin Nott is a good player. I don't think we hear about him enough, but winning a big tournament, that will definitely do it. University of Michigan football has hired the linebacker coach from the Ravens, Mike McDonald, as their new defensive coordinator. As a, as a Michigan fan, lifelong Michigan fan, God, I hope this helps. I hope this helps. Um, I, I'm not sure that coaching is all the problem, but we'll see. Uh, Wayne Rooney retired. This was this was part of a deal that he was trying to work out. He's been trying to work it out for the better part of about six months, I believe. He retires and has also been named the permanent manager of Darby County, which is who he was playing for. He was kind of player managing anyway. He said, if you make me the permanent manager, I'll go ahead and retire. So they did. And he signed a a two-and-a-half-year deal to continue to coach them there. And I think the next chapter of the Wayne Rooney saga of the legend here is going to continue. And I think he's going to do some incredible things for Darby. It'd be interesting to see if he decides to stick around there or if the success he starts to move up into uh, other tiers. But we'll just have to see. Congratulations to Rooney on that. Uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter, I had no idea she was a big soccer star. She was actually in the recent NWSL draft, to which she actually went number two overall to the Washington Spirit. Uh, Number one overall was Emily Fox from North Carolina. She went to the Racing Louisville. To Racing Louisville. But, uh, yeah, this was uh, last Wednesday, I believe, is when this draft was. But, uh, you know, if she's any kind of athlete like her dad, you can say all you want about Rodman's antics, but Dennis Rodman was a heck of an athlete. I think he still is. But uh, shout out to Trinity and, you know, Hopefully much success for her in the NWSL. Uh, The Yankees have reminded everybody that as cute as it is of what the Mets are doing to try to keep up with them, that uh, they signed Corey Kluber, the big uh, pitching all-star, signed him to a one-year $11 million deal. They have also, uh, I think... I don't know if they avoided arbitration or it was awarded to um, to uh, judge. It's a one-year, $10.175 million deal there, so they keep him. And they're going to keep second baseman DJ LeMayhew. Six years, $90 million. This is huge. Huge. This is huge. Uh... They're pretty much solid at about every position again. And uh, I do think the Mets will be better based off things they've done. But the Yankees are loading up and securing the few things they needed to. So I I would have to say probably Yankees, Dodgers, Dodgers. Probably Yankees-Dodgers are, are probably the, the perennial favorites at the moment. And uh, it would be hard to disagree with that based on things they've done. Uh, let's see. George Springer is signed a big deal to go to Toronto to play with the Blue Jays. And, of course, the way it's looking, they're going to play in St. Petersburg, Florida, I believe. Could be Russia, but I'm pretty sure it's Florida. Be kind of weird. If they played in Russia, but hey, not because Russia's weird, because it would be weird to have the Canadian team in Russia and everybody else in America. But uh, yeah, Springer's going to go to Toronto. That is very big for them. They are a team very much that are, I think, in that middle ground where you're not sure whether to kind of scrap some ideas and start over with a rebuild or to add a couple pieces and make a run at the Yankees. You just never know. You never know what's going to happen. That's why you line up and play. Uh, let's see. Philip Rivers. I'm going to get in This is this will be my uh We'll get into some more football right after this. Uh Philip Rivers has retired after 17 seasons. We know the easy debate. I say yes, he's a Hall of Famer. He played 17 seasons. Never missed a game, never missed a start. That's just incredible. That's that's into the Brett Favre realm, the, and the kind of numbers he put up, you could say what you want. Oh, he didn't go far into the playoffs, and he okay. Well, there was 52 other guys on that field with him. It's not all on him. There's a whole coaching staff. It's not all on them. It was a team effort. But Philip Rivers, whether they, they say he could go to the he could go to the um, Monday Night Football booth. I think that would be interesting. But last I remember, he was going to play at least one more year. He decided to play with the Colts. He signed that one-year deal or one or maybe it was two years with the second option was with the team. Either way, and I'm pretty sure he wanted to coach football in uh at the high school level in Alabama if I remember correctly. Maybe one of his one of his uh kids happened to be coming through there or something like that, but I'm pretty sure that I remember him signing or saying or signing a deal that said when he was done with, with playing football, he was going to coach at the high school level. So we'll see what Philip do, does. We wish him all the best in his future endeavors and everything. Philip Rivers, hell of a guy, hell of a competitor, great football player. I don't hear anybody say anything bad about Philip Rivers. The ones that do are probably mistaken, but either way, and then lastly, this is great news for the city of Atlanta. The Atlanta Dream are close to being sold. Yep, politician Kelly Leffler will finally be out of the building. During this recent election, when people asked me, I, I was like, well, you can look up her policies and such, but uh, I'm not afraid to say that she dang near almost ruined the Atlanta Dream franchise, but she almost ruined the WNBA because she was so terrible with the things she was doing. So, to get Leffler out of the building, absolutely. Well, I'm surprised fans didn't start a GoFundMe. But the fact that they're going to be sold is good news. I think the new owner uh, will come in and do some great things. I have no idea who any of the prospects or candidates
0: are. But whatever it is, it's got to be better than Kelly Leffler. Now let's talk some NFL.
1: Let's go with the thing that put that started this show and, or not really started this show, but I guess the first thing Impact Media ever really did. Now we did some, I did some stuff before this, but before it wasn't under the Impact Media banner. One of the first things I ever did, I uh, recorded a show at the Mellow Mushroom in Hiram. No, this is not a commercial for them, but um, I'm a big fan of the Mellow Mushrooms anyway. They uh, they're fantastic restaurants. They're super clean. I still know many people that work at them. So uh, hey, go visit Mellow Mushroom on it. But I recorded a show called Coaching Carousel, and I think it was like a little ten or fifteen minute show that I did where I talked about who was fired, who was in the running who was hired at that point, and, uh, well, that's kind of where we're going to pick up right now, the coaching carousel, but a lot of these are the hires. Uh, like Atlanta hired offensive coordinator from Tennessee, Arthur Smith. They really liked him, and uh, offensive-minded, we'll see very much what he gets into and uh, what he wants to do here. You know, there's there's options on the board, and it will be interesting to see what he what he and uh, uh, it's Terry Fontenot, right? Fontenot is the GM in Atlanta. It'd be interesting to see what the two of them have in mind, and uh, hopefully they can work together real good out of the out of the bat. Yeah, there it is. Terry Fontenot is the new GM in Atlanta. Uh, he was the New Orleans uh, assistant GM and
0: uh, vice president. And I don't know if they've actually,
1: I know the rumor was that Dave Ragone, uh, the offensive coordinator for Chicago, or no, the uh, the Bears' pass game coordinator, they were thinking about him for offensive coordinator. We'll see uh, what they end up doing. Let's go to the Jets. The Jets hired former San Francisco defensive coordinator Robert Salah. He was the top candidate on a lot of lists, and he chose the Jets. The rumor here is that Deshaun Watson, if he can find a way out of
0: Houston, prefers the Jets to Miami because, I think, because of Robert Sala. Now, what does that do for Sam Darnold? I don't know.
1: Well, it means he'd be available, and he'll get picked up. But uh, Robert Sala to the Jets. Everybody loves this guy. Years and years ago when people uh, in coaching circles were talking, everybody loves this guy. So we'll see what he can do because the last couple up there haven't been able to keep up their end of the stick. Uh, Urban Meyer to Jacksonville.
0: It's, uh, It's fantastic. Urban back in Florida,
1: you know, he coached at University of Florida, he coached at Ohio State, but this is what they need down there. They need to fix the culture, and it's not because it's, uh, oh, it's bad, everybody's negative. No, they need to fix the culture into a winning culture. That's what Urban's going to do. His coordinators will, for the most part, run the day-to-day things, but he's the one who's going to oversee everything. They need a leader to lead the coaches and players. And I, and Irvin Meyer's that guy. Jacksonville be patient. It could still be a year or so before you, you really get it
0: going, but he's going to get it back on the tracks. Uh, looks like Detroit went with Dan Campbell, the New Orleans
1: assistant head coach. Uh, they were looking at a couple other people as well. Marvin Lewis is actually going to go back to Arizona State. I'm happy about that. I like Arizona State a little bit. I told you guys that story, right? It's because on Saturdays, you'd, you'd watch football most of the day, and then at night, you still wanted to watch another game, and the late-night games that they would show were either Hawaii or Arizona State. So I become an Arizona State fan from doing that. Uh, let's see. Who else we got here? Uh, The Rams' defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, is now the Chargers' new head coach. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, Looks like Detroit hired Brad Holmes as their new GM. He was the Rams' scouting director. I'm going to throw these two teams in at the same time then. The Rams are losing their scouting director and their defensive coordinator. New Orleans lost their VP and assistant GM. On top of, they lost their uh, assistant head coach to other teams. What does this do for those teams? That uh, that puts them in an interesting uh, influx there. Um, if you're New Orleans, you also are probably going to lose Drew Brees to probably the Monday Night Football booth or something like that. I think he's done. And with that kind of... You know, once again, New Orleans is back in cap hell. The Rams are probably up against it. It'll be interesting to see what the Rams and, and the Saints do going forward. And this, this may be a weekly thing on here, on this show, just to talk about what they do, and what they're d- going to do.
0: Um, oh, I know what it was. I wanted to talk about the, d- the new defensive coordinator, here in
1: Atlanta, Arthur Smith has gotten Dean Pease to come out of retirement to be the defensive coordinator. How fantastic is that? How fantastic is that? And while some people go, "Well, getting somebody who who was already out of coaching to come back is that a good thing?" Well, think about this: When Sean McVay took over the Rams, yep, they're very Rams. We were just talking about a lot of his staff that he brought on were a lot of younger, up-and-coming talents. But he reached out and he got God, what is his name? Just forgot. Man, just had a great point.
0: What is his name?
1: Can we get somebody to look that up. We're looking that. I guess I'll look that up myself as we're talking. He got what is his name? Used to
0: coach in Dallas. Um I know they they uh they got Raheem
1: Morris doing it right now. Wade Phillips, there it is, Wade Phillips. He reached out and got veteran Wade Phillips. Think about it. Got a lot of young got a lot of young up and coming coaches. And then he gets somebody who's not only been there, but has done that in Wade Phillips. That's what McVeigh did. So what is Arthur Smith doing? He's reaching out to Dean Pease, who can now come in and say, Hey, here's what I've done before, here's what works, here's what I think we should do and a lot of those young coaches on the staff are going to be set up for success. I think it's a great move. Just a great move. Now, um, I guess I could have said Doug Peterson got fired. Uh, I think Philly is the only... No, Philly hired their guy. They hired. They hired the offensive coordinator out of Indianapolis. That
0: is. That is. Apparently, I'm looking everything up myself today. That is
1: Nick Sirianni. There we go. Nick Sirianni is your new Eagles head coach. Houston is the only one without one. Um, now, here's my thing I will say this. A lot of people have come out and said this about Eric Biennami. Uh, the lack of minority coaching hires. Yes, it, it does appear that way this year. Um, I don't know that the enemy is getting blackballed, and I won't say that. I don't believe that. Uh, let's just put it this way. What if he's just not had good interviews? Maybe he's not the person these people are looking for. That being said, if I was Houston, Eric B. me would be my coach. Because if anybody, if any franchise needs a boost from a guy like that, it's Houston. Because you got to do something to keep Deshaun Watson there, to keep J.J. Watt happy. Because there's a lot of stars. Whitney Merciless, I'm sure. A lot of these big stars they have are waiting to see what happens. You put the wrong guy up there, they're going to flee town. And that's not going to be good at all. Now... Uh, to recap the games from last week, the sets up this week, and so then I'll do my picks, and we'll be out of here. Uh, Tampa Bay, 30. New Orleans, 20. Didn't see that coming, did you? Because New Orleans looked like they had this in hand for a little while. Had had a good hand on the pulse, so to say. Um, I did like, at one point, Drew Brees on like third and one did the Brady move of uh, rushing forward and getting it. He got a little dinged up. He comes to the sideline. That they played it off. Jameis Winston comes in. They do this like reverse flea flicker to where he chucks it downfield wide open for the touchdown. It was fantastic. The only problem was is pretty much they had no momentum after that. And a man named Tom, his name is Tom, leads the Buccaneers to the 30-20 win, puts himself into the... NFC title game. It's the first one of those he's made, but it's like the 17th or 18th uh conference championship he's been to, which is just incredible. Cleveland 17. They were so close. So close. Kansas City 22. Chad Henney had to finish this one out, and he didn't just take knees and not in that. No. Mahomes got dinged up. Um, he didn't have a concussion. He had like, I think he had a whiplash effect, but he had enough symptoms or he had enough of, of the checklist that the doctor had to put him in protocol. He cleared it, uh, just a few days ago. He's going to play this coming up week, but Kansas city very much almost lost this game numerous times. It comes down to a couple big drives at the end. Cleveland takes all this time off the clock. Gets close to midfield, the drive stalls out, and with about three or four minutes to go, they decide to punt. I didn't get why, if you're going to do that, why take up all that time? But Cleveland, congratulations on getting this far. You guys are set up for success. I think Baker is who you should stick with. I think you can see when he's focused what you can get out of it. And I think uh, in the offseason... Pick up a few more people here and there, and and Cleveland is is still right there. They're a team I would look out for, them and Buffalo, in the next couple years to just start wrecking people. But Kansas City finds a way to win. Uh, Any way you want it, and any way you look at it, Kansas City's good. And they hang on. They find a way to hang on. Buffalo 17, Baltimore 3. To the surprise of no one in this studio, Buffalo beat Baltimore. Buffalo's defense did the very thing they needed to do. You stop the run game, and you force Lamar Jackson to beat you with his arm, which he's not going to do. So Baltimore, to me, needs to look at either developing his throwing or moving on. And he's good, but at some point, maybe you put him at running back because – I just don't know if the arm talent is there. On the flip side, as good as Baltimore's defense was, they did only give up 17 points. Problem was, it, their offense only scored three. And Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, find a way to get it done. And so they move on. L.A. Rams, 18. Green Bay Packers, 32. Yep, Aaron Rodgers said, "Tom McBay, get off my lawn. Uh, the Rams, like I said, they're going to be in an interesting situation just like New Orleans. They both lost in the semifinals, as I call them, of the conference in the divisional rounds. Uh, they both are going to have some cap issues. They've lost some personnel in the front office, and they'll lose some on the field as well. What are the Rams going to do moving forward? I think they have a plan. Uh, is Jared Goff in that plan? We'll see. I think there's somebody that's going to take a a stab at another quarterback in the offseason. Not sure who's going to be available free agent-wise, but I could see them drafting somebody. I could see them trying to make a move, or uh, maybe they're in the Sam Darnold sweepstakes, because if Deshaun Watson goes to the Jets, maybe they pick up Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold on the West Coast, that's not a bad thing. Now let's talk about Green Bay, the winners. Aaron Rodgers plays a good, solid game. Not his best, not his worst, but he knows how to get it done. The running game was there. The passing game was there. And their defense actually stepped up and made some really good plays. So what does this do? This sets up two games that will happen tomorrow as we record this. You've got the Bills going to Kansas City. That is 6.40 tomorrow night on CBS. And then at 3.05 on Fox, it's Brady versus Rodgers. Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. The Battle of the Bays. The first time Aaron Rodgers has hosted a conference championship. That's said 3.05 at Fox. Want to know my picks? Here we go. I have nothing against any team. Let me just say that. I have nothing against any team because some people say when you make your picks, you seem to always pick against certain teams. This is who I want to win and also who I think would be the most entertaining matchup because who who I pick for these games is who I'm saying I want to see in a Super Bowl. And I'm okay with either of these four being in there. It doesn't matter. You could say Bills versus Tampa. Bills versus Green Bay. You can say Kansas City versus Tampa. You say Kansas City versus Green Bay. I'll take either. Any of these present fantastic matchups that are going to be so entertaining that you're not going to move from the TV. But here we go. At 640 on CBS, give me the Buffalo Bills in an upset, slight upset. Kansas City is a team that likes to kind of let people hang around and then they try to pull it off in the end. The Bills are a team that can put 30 points on you. So if Kansas City's defense can't find an answer early, look for the Bills to uh, to score 30 points or better. And I think, uh, let's say, speaking of which, let's say 34 to 27. I'm going to say they come up just short. 34 to 27 Bills. And in the other one, two of my favorite current quarterbacks. Um, I once pulled for Tampa for a couple years, back when John Gruden was there, a little bit when uh, Raheem Morris was there as well. Always had a respect for Green Bay. You know, uh, Coach Hill that used to be on this very show, he uh, he has some ties to Green Bay. Shout out Coach Hill, by the way. Give me the Green Bay Packers. And this is going to be this is going to be uh pretty pretty solid, pretty tight. I think it's going to be very similar to uh the other game as well. Um I'm going to say 31 Let's go 31 24 green Bay. That's going to set up Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers and uh obviously next week we'll talk a little bit about the matchup the week following we will talk more about winners and really get in-depth of it there. But there you go. I got Bills, and I got Green bear. Hopefully, all of you are doing well. And if you're not, hopefully, things improve get better soon. But I'm Jeremy the Impact Yord. Thanks for tuning in to this amazing edition of the Sports Show. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, goose.